Welcome to the B2B Marketing and Copywriting Podcast. I'm your host, Linda Malone, certified conversion copywriter, copy strategist, and founder of Copyworks. Join me each week as I speak with experts in the fields of marketing, copywriting, decision-making, psychology, and more, all with one goal, to help you attract your ideal customers and inspire them to take action. LinkedIn used to be seen as a place to park your resume, get a job, brag about your accomplishments, and otherwise blast out information all about you. And today, I talked to Steve Watt. Steve is Market Insights Director at Seismic, the world's leading sales enablement platform. In this interview, he tells why you need to throw out all those old ideas, because none of that is going to move the needle on your career or your business. He focuses on the ways that LinkedIn has changed in recent years, why it causes so many people and businesses to struggle to make an impact, why your LinkedIn profile is very likely in dire need of a rewrite, and how to rise above the noise and build reputation, relationships, and trust at scale using what he calls buyer-centric social selling. Let's jump right in. So Steve, I'm so happy to have you on here. And obviously we have so much to talk about. I was thinking about like the name for this episode, calling it everything everywhere all at once after the <laughs> I think that's been done. <laughs> I think so. But thank you for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure, Linda. It's always a pleasure chatting with you. Yeah. So we, I mean, everything you post on LinkedIn, it really hits home with a lot of people. And so I'm actually going to start with one of a quote from one of your posts, because I think this kind of sums up a lot of what you talk about. You said that LinkedIn used to be seen as a place to park your resume, get a job, a place to hype your company, to brag, and just pound out connection requests and, and pitch slap everybody. So all that, well, I was going to say all that has changed, but all not all that has changed. So maybe you can start with like, what is it that has changed in LinkedIn over the past I don't know, a few years? When has LinkedIn shifted, you think, from what that describes to maybe closer to what we're doing now? Yeah, it's, should a, it's, a work, it's a work in progress and it's unevenly distributed. I mean, I, I, I talk about old LinkedIn and new LinkedIn yeah. for clarity, but there's no, there's no clear line, right? It's, it wasn't like it was a product release or a, you know, a, some momentous change that, oh, now we're in new LinkedIn. It, it really happens in the heads of the users. And I think some people have been in what I call new LinkedIn for probably five or six years. Uh, some people are just getting there now and some are absolutely not there. And and the difference is is the sorts of things that, that you touched on there. I mean, old LinkedIn was very corporate, right? It was company pages and and ads and job postings and press releases and everything. New LinkedIn is much more human. Mm-hmm. It's much more about individuals. And many, many, many individuals are getting far more visibility and far more traction than their companies are. And, and the collective power of all those humans is in- incredible. So the move to corporate, from corporate to human, is, mm-hmm. is one of the big changes. The move from broadcast to conversation is the second thing. LinkedIn used to be very much a one-way broadcast channel. You pushed out a job posting, you pushed out an ad, you pushed out uh, a promotional post, you know, saying you won an award, whatever it was. And, and now it's much more about conversation. People are not there. You know, some people are there for your job postings, of course, but people are not there for, for you just talking about yourself and they're not there for you just, you know, endlessly promoting your company. Those who are really thriving 
are seeing it as a much more of a conversational medium rather than a broadcast medium. So in a world where we're, we're going from corporate to human and broadcast to conversation, the third thing that requires is a change in the sorts of content we share, that mm-hmm. the content used to be almost entirely promotional. And now it's much more educational, much more inspirational, much more helpful. And, mm-hmm. and those people and those organizations who sort of grasp all three of these things and they show up with a human voice, they show up in a conversational mindset and they share content and engage with content in ways that actually educate, inspire and help other, maybe entertain and right. can help other people. They accomplish so much more. Uh, and that to me is new LinkedIn. And I mean, that change has been going on for a while. It's, you know, more people and more companies, I think, are finding it all the time. But you still see lots of people still stuck in the old world. Yeah. They're very static. You know, they hide behind their company logo. They only push out promotional content. They never engage with anyone. So there's right. still work to be done. Yeah. And it's interesting you say that because for a while I had... I mean, it's, I'm just an individual, so I don't need a ton of clients to be super busy. And I got on Sales Navigator because everyone said, oh, this is how you're going to connect with you know, potential clients. And so I did what you're supposed to do, where you narrow down who you want to talk to or who you think would be a client, try to engage with their posts. Get, and I just kept running into people who only used LinkedIn in the old way. You can filter out who has been on LinkedIn in the past 90 days. And as soon as I did that, it narrowed down that list. And so I ended up just stopping the subscription because it wasn't getting me anywhere. Like I'd rather just go on LinkedIn now and I find people and, you know, if I just link in with people like you and then I look at maybe who your connections are. I mean, do you have an opinion on Sales Navigator? Do you use that? Is that because maybe it's for a business more than an individual? Yeah. I mean, I think Sales Navigator is an extremely powerful tool and for some people in some roles done well, it can be incredibly impactful. When, if you are, let's say you are a enterprise sales rep who sells into a particular group of named accounts, you might have eight or 10 or 20 accounts that you are responsible for prospecting into and expanding your business to, to have the sort of account intelligence you can get. Mm-hmm. to know who's joining that firm, who's moving, who's leaving, what's going on, who's posting, what they're posting about. Tremendously powerful. Yeah. It can really help you get multi-threaded, as salespeople like to say, You know, develop a whole lot more engagements and relationships within those targeted firms. It can be super valuable in that regard. But that's only a certain segment of people. I mean, the, the, a whole different approach is, is, I think, what you're talking more about and the more the way I operate, which is, I'm just going to put my voice out there. I'm going to put my perspective out there. I'm going to put my my subject matter expertise and my passion just out there. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to hopefully pull the right people towards me. Now, probably, ultimately, the best approach is some combination of those two. Unfortunately, with Navigator, a lot of people use it in a very robotic hunting way. Right. And it just becomes a means to to you know the old connect and pitch which is part of old linkedin so long story short i think i think navigator is a tremendous tool for some people Mm -hmm. used in certain ways yeah because i think for an individual like myself it was overkill like i just didn't need all of those connections and then what happened is the people i was 
most interested in speaking to, I already was connected to. So I'm like, well, why am I yeah. paying? I think it was $89 a month or something. It's like, okay, this is, this is not working for me. Yeah. But the way- I always say you- maximize, maximize the free tools. And, and, and if, if you are maximizing what you can do for free and you still want more, well, then pay for stuff. Go for it. But, but a whole lot of people want to skip the whole, you know, do you have a good profile? Do you share good content? Do you engage with people? Are you purposefully building your network in the right directions? You can do all of those things for free and most people don't. So, you know, at least get good at the free stuff and then consider paying for, for incremental tools. Well, what are some tips? What do you think if somebody really wants to connect with other people, what do you recommend for someone who's kind of new, they're just joining LinkedIn and they don't know anybody? Because I found that was tough when I, because I started getting really active about two years ago on LinkedIn. And it was hard to get started. I mean, what do you yeah. suggest? Yeah, and it's hard to do the other stuff, like share content and build engagement if you've got a very small network. And, and I, I recognize that. I, I have the benefit of having been there a long time and kind of built a pretty sizable network over the years. It is hard when you're starting. I, I mean, first of all, if you're, if, you're, if you're new today and you've got a very small network, just sit down and think about everybody who's the low-hanging fruit, everyone you used to work with, people you went to school with, your next-door neighbor, you know, the people you know from your neighborhood, like whatever, just start there. Like yeah. start with the easy stuff. Start with your friends, just get going and, and reach out to them and say, hey, I'm trying to get serious about LinkedIn now and I really want to grow my network. Hope you're open to that. And of course, the vast majority of them, if they're all active, they're going to be receptive to that. Now that gets you going. Get in the habit of in your day-to-day business life connecting. You know, I don't know how your day plays out, but my, I talk to a lot of people. I'm on sales calls. I'm on calls with customers. Uh, I'm engaged to it, and it's part of my routine. Right. You know that I I connect. Sometimes I I send a connection request to someone in advance of a call that I'm going to have, saying, "Hey, Linda, really looking forward to meeting you and talking to you tomorrow. Are you open to connecting?" Other times I do it after. Hey, Linda. Great meeting you today. I really appreciated that our conversation. Are you open to connecting? It's just a habit to get to get into that. And it's amazing for 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 a lot of people who do talk to a lot of people over the course of the year, but they never develop that habit. Yeah. And, and as a result, they're not doing it. So before you start saying, Oh, I got I gotta go like just like trying to connect with strangers, start a lot closer to home. Yeah. Um, it really builds your the habit, as I said. It builds some credibility when people look at you and go like, oh, she's got like 800 connections instead instead of she has 100, you know? And and, and that kind of gets the flywheel spinning. And and then, yeah, there's, there's lots of things you can do. Uh, I mean, when I share content, as I do regularly, as you know, I, I watch to see who engages with it. And a lot of people, it's the same people. And I love that. I appreciate them greatly. But there's always new people too. Right. Let's take a little peek. Is this person in any way remotely relevant to my life, my career, my industry? And if so, I send them a connection request. Um, and I, I don't think there's any clear answer. You know, should you put, you know, should I say in that, like, hey, Linda, thanks for engaging with my post? Or should I just send it to you? I do different ways, but what I find is it's more about the timing and the relevance. Mm -hmm. If you just engaged with my post and I send you a connection request over the next few hours, you still remember me and and there's a very good likelihood that you're going to accept it. So that's another, just a habit of doing that. And then also if you're out there, you know, you should be, if you're new on LinkedIn, your feed probably isn't very good because you don't have enough creators and enough good 
people in your network to push good stuff into your feed. So you got to curate your feed. You got to follow hashtags. A lot of people don't know you can follow hashtags. So go look up all the relevant industry hashtags and follow them. That's going to start putting good content into your feed. And now you can start reaching out to those people. And, and let's say I'm seeing you posting stuff about a topic that we both care about. I can just send you a connection. Hey, Linda, I've been loving your, your posts. And uh, yeah. first of all, I'm going to engage with you a couple of times. And then like, Hey, Linda, I've been loving your posts. I'd love to have them all the time in my feed. Would you be open to connecting? Again, very good chance you're going to accept. So there's countless ways to do it. The way that doesn't work is just barging into people's world. You haven't warmed them up in any way. You haven't engaged with them in any way. And especially if you have some kind of sales or business development in your title, yeah. what do they think's coming next, right? If you've got sales or something like that in their title, in your title, and you barge into their world cold with a connection request, there's a very good likelihood that they're going to ignore it. Right. Exactly. And even though you post a lot about, you know, the term pitch slapping is been used so much in LinkedIn that we know what it means, just, you know, unsolicited pitches when you don't know the person. I've used that with people who are not on LinkedIn and they look at me like, what? <laughs> what is that? So yeah. funny. I forget, you know, but yeah, even though you post about that, a lot of people, you know, also do about you just don't barge in and, and just start pitching. Still people do it. And I, I think I've said this in response to some of your posts that the people who most need to hear that are not going to pay attention to it. Or they just don't think it's them. Cause I've had, I can tell by the way they lead into something with a DM, it'll be like, I hope you don't mind. And then they go into a pitch. Yeah. If you think I'm going to mind, then I probably will. <laughs> just don't say it. Or they'll say, you know, I'm just going to get right to the point. And this is a person who has never engaged with me, who just connected. And yeah. what I do is if it's someone that just connected with me and that's how they start, I disconnect with them. And I don't do it a lot, but I, I don't know. Do you agree that people who need to hear it are really not the ones who are paying attention? In a lot of cases, yeah. Uh there's still people who hear it. Uh, I think I think that mindset shift from LinkedIn being a hunting ground for salespeople towards LinkedIn being the world's greatest ongoing business conversation, that is a change in progress. And obviously, the old connect and pitch, pitch slap approach is very much part of the old LinkedIn mm -hmm. and being much more human and much more conversational and kind of slowing your role is part of the new LinkedIn. And as we said at the outset, that, that change is, is unevenly distributed in the way people are grasping it. But I, I, do think, I do think more and more people are hearing it. They're hearing it in more places. They're also experiencing it themselves. I mean, I think that's something that's, that's missing. A lot of salespeople have never been the buyer. And if you, you know, like to say, like you should, everyone should work in, in food service or everyone should work yeah. in retail. So you understand what it's like yeah. and, and you'll, <laughs> you'll be a better customer. Um, well, I think a lot of salespeople have never been the buyer. They've never been the hunted. They've only, they've only been the hunter. And, and so they honestly don't understand like, they're like, well, it's a business platform. I'm trying to book a call with you to tell you about my business. Like right. what on earth am I doing wrong? What's wrong with that? They've never been the hunted. They've never had a hundred of those in their inbox and, and just felt absolutely hunted. And, and, and so I think that hearing it from other people can help them perhaps develop a little bit of that buyer em empathy and understand that this is not only is it 
not a good feeling for people to feel hunted, but it's not productive for you, the salesperson. And it's particularly foolish for someone who wants to talk to you because you're active. It's a lot harder to build engagement with someone who themselves doesn't engage. Right. You are active. You, you post, you engage in the comments, you put yourself out there. It would be very easy for someone to warm themselves towards you if they understood why and they understood how and they were willing to put a little bit of extra effort into it and, and slow their role a little bit. They could be engaging with your posts. They could be engaging with you in comments. They could be doing things that are genuinely thoughtful and helpful and thereby you will start to notice them. You will right. start to appreciate them. And then in time, they can be like, Hey, Linda, would you be open to a connection? Would you be open to a conversation? And, and the likelihood of you accepting that would be so much better than if they just try to barge into your world cold. It, it really does blow my mind how many people, like people, for, for people like you and I and many others who are active every day, how few people do it well. And then it's a whole other story. It is very hard if you're trying to engage someone who themselves doesn't engage with anyone. Right. Um, that that that's a lot harder. But at least start, <laughs> at least start with doing it well yeah. for the millions of people who are like you and me. Well, it's funny because I belong to a coaching group as a small little mastermind, and I've talked about LinkedIn because I don't think there's anyone else in the group. No one's as active as I am, um, but they all want to know because I said. Right now, I think all of my clients, have except for one, have come from LinkedIn. And it's not a, you know, a direct link a lot of times. It could be often it's people who have never commented, never liked my post, never said anything. And they pop up in my DMs and say, hey, I've been following you for a while. I want to talk to you. And it's a, it's a really interested lead. It's usually it turns into a client if they're at that point. And so I've told people, this is what you need to do. And I got this from a webinar I attended literally two years ago. In fact, I was going to post probably soon. I will, what I've learned in two years being on LinkedIn that no one's told you, because there's a few things I have in my mind, but I was the, the webinar leader said, okay, I challenge all of you to get on LinkedIn three times a week and post. And up to this point, I've been doing what everyone else was doing. You know, I, I post a link to my blog and, and never got anything. And, and I just thought, well, that's just, it's just not going to happen. It took about three months of consistent posting though before I started engaging with people outside of my immediate network. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of it too, is you have to have patience and people don't have it. Like in my group, I got on the phone with a couple of people in my group, did a, a private you know, meeting with them and told them how I did it. Not one of them has done it. Yeah. You know, they're not. So, it, I mean, it takes like that consistency. You always hear about that. And like, do you post every day or do you post just certain? Most days, most days. Yeah. I, I sort of, endeavor to post every day and usually do, but sometimes I'm too busy. Sometimes last week I was on vacation. I was away. I was in, in Europe with my family. I didn't post at all. Sometimes I'm just, I just, I'm not feeling it, but yeah. I, I sort of said, I would like, it's part of my routine to post every day. And then if that means that I do almost every day, I'm happy, but I'm not going to put out a garbage post just to say right. I did. And I'm not going to, hold myself to something like I, I always cringe a little bit when people say, you know, you got to commit post every day for not if, if you, I believe that every post trains people either to pay attention to you or to ignore you. And, and it doesn't take very many fluffy platitudes and 
you know, kind of garbage posts to train people to ignore you. Yeah. And I mean, you got to be a, a scroll stop, right? We're all scrolling. We're all scrolling. And we make split section, split second decisions about whether to stop the scroll and read. And people say, oh, it's all about your first line. It's all, you got to have a, a compelling hook. And like, yeah, yeah there's, there's some merit to that. But the, the mental filter that I have, and I think most people have, before we even read the first, is who is this? Yeah. And if, if I see your face and your name, and it just immediately on the subconscious level, oh, yeah, she usually has something worthwhile to say. I'm going to stop the scroll. But if it's like, oh, no, not her again, <laughs> then I'm going to scroll right on by, right? So I do not believe that, you know, thou shalt post every day. And even though it's nothing and, you know, some people say, oh, you should never spend more than five minutes writing a post. You should just post whatever you're thinking, whatever you're feeling. It's, I, I disagree. Because I, a couple of a couple of bad posts, and now my immediate subconscious is, ah, she's a waste of time. And right. you might have just posted the most brilliant thing in the world, but I scrolled past it. So I don't post every day, but I post most days because consistency is important, and being out there is important, and developing that habit and developing that muscle yeah. is important. Important. But I want to go back to something you said. It's really important, and I've heard it from a lot of people, and I've experienced it myself. And that's that often you're best business opportunities come from people who don't publicly engage. That is something that a lot of people do not understand and they need to hear because it's true across industries and everything. The, the more senior you are and, and also generally the larger the firm you're in, the less likely you are to engage. So people say, oh, my customers aren't on LinkedIn or they get completely fixated on counting likes and counting comments and counting views and, and evaluating their success that way. The large majority of decision makers just lurk. Yeah. They're, they're, they're out there, they're reading, they're connecting the dots uh, they, you know, between the problems that they need to solve and the people and the companies who may be best positioned to solve them. Right. And, you know, and then they come to you when they're ready often seemingly out of the blue, but what do they say in that message? Say, Linda, I've been reading your stuff for a while. I think okay. you might be able to help. Can we talk? And now you just got the highest win rate and the shortest sales cycle ever because you've been drip nurturing them for months. You just yeah. didn't know it. Yeah. And a lot of people give up before they ever get anywhere because they say, I'm not getting the inbound leads. I'm not getting the obvious results. I'm not seeing a bunch of likes from senior level people. So this is a waste of time. And they quit before they get to where you've gotten to and where I've gotten to and where a lot of other people have also. Yeah. And it can be frustrating at times. I mean, I, you know, I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's lately the algorithm, you know, everyone blames the algorithm when they don't get as many, as much interaction, but there's definitely been a shift. I mean, do you feel that with... I'm getting less less total engagement now than I did. I, I felt a significant shift and, and I'm talking to a lot of other people who are regular creators and regular participants in LinkedIn. There did seem to be a, a shift that affected a lot of us back in the fall, kind of yeah. like September, October. Mm -hmm. I found my average views and my average engagements went down by about half. And you know, at first you look inside, okay, Am I 
have I lost my touch? Have I lost? Have I, am I suddenly boring? You know, how come people cared about me and now they don't? Or am I reusing too much content? Because that is part of what you do. You're foolish if you don't. You do recycle posts from the past. So I took a good look and said, have I gotten lazy? Have I become, have I recycled too many things? It's like, no, I don't think that my posts are any less valuable or less interesting or less relevant or less entertaining than they were. And I'm not recycling at any greater rate than I was before. So why has my upward trajectory over years of, of visibility and engagement, why is it suddenly taken a dip? And then I reached out to a number of friends and they all said pretty much the same thing. So yeah, something did change such as life still had a lot of good things happen since then, <laughs> you know, and again, you, 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 you don't take those likes to the bank. You don't take those view count. They all make us feel good. Everyone wants a post with huge visibility and hundreds of engagements It all. It always makes us feel good, but that's not what you take to the bank. So yeah, just keep on keeping on, you know, if you know what you're doing and, 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 and you, you, you strongly believe that you're doing the right thing, then you just keep at it and you don't, you don't get too worked up about the, uh, the yeah. metrics. It can be a little tough. It's like I used to be in the fitness business and I, you know, worked as a personal trainer. And a lot of times, you know, I would have to explain to a new client that a lot of the changes that are going to happen in your body are not going to be noticeable for a while down the road. Because I had one woman once, she quit with me after two weeks because she said, I don't notice a difference. Oh, come on. And I thought she was joking because yeah. I never had anybody say that. Like she said it with a straight face and I looked at her and said, oh, she's serious. And I said, you know, your, your nervous system adapts. There's all kinds of cellular changes. I mean, there's no reason for me to get into all that with her because she, all she's noticing is that her arms aren't more toned, you know? And so it's almost like I think about that with LinkedIn where it's there's there's activity happening under the surface. Like just recently, so next week I'll be speaking at a digital summit. I've never been asked to speak and it's because of all the posting I do on LinkedIn. Yeah. That's how this person found me. And so there's opportunities that spring up, but you just have to, you have to have a certain amount of like, I don't know if it's self-discipline or just belief that you have to believe that it's, there are people yeah. who are not commenting who are out there. Yeah, you have to believe it. And I think you also have to enjoy it. I, I look at it and say, what if I never accomplished anything? I didn't bring any business into my my employer, hmm. didn't advance my career. What if? Would I still do this? And you know what? I still would. I learn lots. I'm always learning on LinkedIn. I'm always meeting great people. Never would have met you. Never would have met lots of other people if I wasn't there. I staying in touch even just a little bit with people I worked with 10, 15 years ago mm -hmm. that we would have forgotten about each other and drifted apart. So even if it didn't pay the bills in any way, I'd still do it. And and then <laughs> it does pay the bills, you know, and good things do happen. I think that's, yeah, you, you got to believe it, but you also got to enjoy it. And, and I find it just so helpful in so many ways beyond what I said. Also, I've gotten so much better at enunciating my worldview, so much better that, you know, you asked me right at the office, like, how's LinkedIn changing? And I could answer you with confidence and credibility. And that's in part because I write about this stuff all the time. And then, yeah, that gets me invited onto podcasts all the time. I talk about it all the time. And you know what? Those things make me way better on sales calls. And they make me way better on conference stages yeah. because I've become really comfortable with enunciating 
what I believe and what I see and what I do in different ways and in mm-hmm. different contexts. So there's so much you can gain from being active, but a lot of people don't see that. They're just like, yeah. where's the meeting? Where's the sales lead? Where's the money? And, and I think it, it's, it's a real shame because they're, they're missing a real opportunity to, to grow as people and yeah. to grow as modern professionals. Yeah. And it even does come down to that fitness analogy again, because if you hate what you're doing, whatever the exercise program is, you're never going to stick with it. Never. And I I used to tell my clients that you have to find some joy in it, even if it's the music that you're listening to while you're working out, you know, like find something. And with LinkedIn, I'm with you. I mean, I prefer commenting than posting because that, so I did a carousel I posted yesterday about five myths about copywriting. That took me hours to do. I'm not one of these people who can just whip. And I have a template that I use, but then I'm always tweaking it and I'm adding a graphic and I'm like, is this good enough? And so, you know, it can really take up a lot of time. And then what happens is I, you know, I noticed that when it's up there for a while, it starts getting some views, but it's not like it was. And so that can be a little bit demoralizing. So I'm thinking, well, maybe, you know, maybe I'll turn it into a feature on my bio or send it out. I have a small list. I could send it out to people, you know, so I don't know, yeah. but I'm trying to think of repurposing. Reuse it. And, and you'll probably use parts of it in a conference presentation at some point. You'll probably use parts of it in a sales call or a, a, a call with an existing client in some way. You know, it, it shouldn't just be one and done. It's not worth spending two hours making something to put it out there and never touch it again. It's not worth it. No. You know, this should all be part of a coherent strategy of being seen and heard and understood by those you need to reach. And, and LinkedIn is going to be part of that. Podcasting is going to be part of that. Conference speaking, sales calls, meetups, whatever. You know, it really ought to all be part of a, a, a coherent fabric where people can say, that's Linda. I know who she is. I know what she stands for. And I know what I would call on her for help with. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's 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 looked at that way. It's totally worth spending two hours to create right. something that's going to be part of your fabric. Yeah, exactly. Well, I just wanted to wrap up with, can you give maybe three quick tips on, so you call everything that we talked about, would you consider that buyer-centric social selling? I've coined that term, buyer-centric social selling, and I'm trying to make it a thing. Thank you for picking up on that. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to make it a thing, right? Because social selling, there's a lot of baggage around the term social selling. And it comes back to what we talked about at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, connect and pitch, hunting mentality, pitch slapping. A lot of people think social selling is pounding out a hundred connection requests and and trying to barge in the world of everyone who accepts them. And and that's not what I believe, as you mm-hmm. well know. To me, buyer-centric social selling means being out there with an honest intent to educate, inspire, and help others, to demonstrate subject matter expertise and real passion for what I do and who I do it for and, and, and why it matters, and to become the seller that buyers actually want to speak with. I mean, this, this is really important. This is something I remind sellers of all the time. It's like, you know, that person that you want to speak with, well, a hundred other people want them too. And it's not just your direct competitors. It's everybody else who wants to sell them some sort of product or some sort of service. And the more senior they are and the larger the firm they're in, the more people who want a piece of them. 
and they don't know who to listen to. They don't know who to, who, who to talk to. They don't know who to trust. And I don't want to just be one of a hundred people hunting you. I want to elevate myself above that in a way that you actually want to speak to me. And that's what I'm trying to really capture with the terminology around buyer-centric social selling. I'm not out there talking about myself. I'm not out there talking about my company. I'm out there talking about the problems that you face and the solutions to those problems and the learnings that I've, uh, you know, personally achieved or or absorbed from others along the way and how how I can be helpful. And so, yeah, that's what I try to get at when I say buyer-centric social selling. And it, I really am trying to differentiate it from old school connect and pitch. Yeah. You might have to get a patent on that. Well, what is it when they- I say it a lot. <laughs> Just say it a lot, you know, and hopefully people go, oh, wait, then if somebody else starts talking about them, go, oh yeah, yeah, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Um, but I mean, ultimately it's more, it's more a mindset than, than anything else. I was but just looking you, at- you, you were asking about some, what, some tips to be more buyer centric. Yeah. More... Like maybe three ways that, you know, three things people can do. Yeah. Well, first I, I would say rewrite your LinkedIn profile. Uh, almost everyone has a bad profile and it's not your fault. People have a bad profile because they were taught that it's their resume. They're taught that it's their CV. I mean, a decade ago, you know, people even said, oh yeah, upload your resume onto LinkedIn. And that's part of that old LinkedIn job board mentality. And when you look at people's profiles, most of them are bare bones. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just a, it's just a list of where they used to work and maybe some, some, you know, bullet pointed skills that are trying to catch the attention of a, an applicant tracking system. It's nothing there for your, your current or your future clients. People also tend to write them in that, that third person resume voice, you know, yeah. Linda is, well, come on, <laughs> we, we know you wrote your own profile. So write it the way you speak, say, I do this, my company, my, my firm, this is what we do or what I do for this kind of client. This is why it matters. So, so write the way you speak, be human and, and consider your profile a client-centric, buyer-centric, audience-centric marketing asset. Mm -hmm. Don't don't consider it your resume, right. and and that's that's the first thing. And and also for for salespeople, please don't use it as a brag sheet. Oh my God, the number of salespeople who like their profile is like you know a hundred and forty percent quota attainment. You know for eight consecutive quarters. It's like saw one guy, a sales guy, and it was like master negotiator. It's like, nobody wants to talk to you. You know, like <laughs> this, this, your, your, your profile is like buyer repellent at this point. <laughs> They're like going, nope, not talking to that guy. So, you know, rewrite your profile through a, a, a client centric, buyer centric lens. You know who you serve, you know who you want, you know, you know who your clients are and who you, who your future clients ought to be right for them. So that, that would be my first tip. Fix your profile. A uh, second tip would be show up with, with the regular flow of content and it doesn't have to be every day. It could be a few times a week, but get in the habit of whatever or it, it can be articles that you've curated from magazines and then like from industry magazines and then bring your own 
perspective to them. It can be things you self-author. It can be carousels like you've done with, you know, six ways to do this better. It could be videos. It, it, there's countless things you can do, but just do it and right. regularly do it and, and just get in the habit of doing it and you'll keep getting better and better at it. And then those people will start finding you. And mm -hmm. then the third thing I'd say is, is and you talked about this before, comment. I like get out there, scroll, read, engage, be there for others. Don't just, don't just be selfish. Like it's, it's a very selfish motion. If all you ever do is push content out there and you never support others, right. you know, the reciprocity matters. You know, if I engage with you, you will be much more likely to engage with me. Mm -hmm. So get out there and support others and, but also add to the conversation yeah. and, and leave meaningful comments. Not, not just like great post Linda, you know, but like, I, I like to, I like to acknowledge and expand. You know, so you, you post something, you know, to me, the ideal thing would be like, love it, Linda. You know, like, I love the way you talked about that. And let me add this. When you both acknowledge and expand, now, now you're really joining the conversation. It's, it's about a conversational mindset. Ultimately, if you see LinkedIn as a conversation, then all this stuff is easy. Because if we met each other in, uh, you know, at a conference, at the, you know, the coffee break of a conference, we wouldn't just stand there pitching each other. We wouldn't ignore each other. It wouldn't be like you talk about one thing and I talk about a different thing. No, we would engage with each other. We would expand upon each other's ideas. We would acknowledge and appreciate each other. That's the way humans work. That's the way conversations work. And we all know that and we all do it. Right. And then we get on LinkedIn and we just forget all of it. Right. So yeah, yeah. profile, content engagement. Those would be my okay. three areas yeah. that I would focus on. Yeah, it's awesome. And also when you comment now, doesn't that person, uh, I'm not sure how it works, but if you, if I comment on your post, you comment on mine and then our networks are more likely to see those posts from each of us, I think, or I don't know how. That yes. Happens. Yes. Oh yeah. A number of things happen. Um, let's say I comment on your post. Now, some people, and it's not everybody, but some people in my network are going to see Steve commented on Linda's post. So I have helped your post reach a larger audience and hopefully some of them will mm -hmm. engage. Yeah. That helps you. I have hopefully said something interesting and relevant on your post, which is now going to be seen by your network as your, that helps me. Right. So we both benefit. And then of course, nobody fully understands how the LinkedIn algorithm works, but you know, we all have lots of ideas from kind of reading the tea leaves. And, you know, I think it's pretty clear that if we engage with each other, we're more likely to see each other's future posts. So if I really want you to see my posts going forward, the best thing I can do is engage with your posts. Mm -hmm. And, and then I believe the algorithm is going to say, oh, there's some affinity between these two individuals. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to see more of my posts and I'm going to see more of your, and that's why you see a lot of the same people in your feed right? because they're the people that you regularly engage with and they really, and that's good. And you should keep doing that, but you shouldn't restrict yourself to that. You know, right. like if you only ever engage with the same 20 people all the time, you're not going to grow your visibility. So yeah, the whole commenting thing, it builds reciprocity. It, it, it builds a sense of camaraderie. Mm -hmm boosts your visibility. And, and also sometimes a good comment becomes a post later. Right. And I keep thinking uh, I need to do more of that because there was yeah. LinkedIn. Uh, many up. times I, I've, I've read, like I, I keep a, like a Google sheet, which I call it my, my junk drawer. It's just where I throw 
ideas, half-baked thoughts, videos, photos. Uh, and sometimes I'll write a really thoughtful, long comment on someone's posts and I'll think, or yeah, like on someone, and I'll think, that's good. Like, that's going to be, <laughs> no, not now. I don't have time now. So I'll right. just copy and paste that, throw it in my junk drawer. And yeah. then, you know, later, maybe, maybe a week from now, maybe three months from now, I'll come back and I'll, I'll kind of upcycle that mm -hmm. comment into a post. Yeah. All these things. It's just, it's just, it's just a habit of, of getting into all this stuff. Right. And, uh, when, when, when you do it regularly, it, it becomes easy, it becomes enjoyable and it, and it really, really pays off. It works for sure. Well, obviously, people can find you on LinkedIn. Is there anywhere else that they can find you? Do you have a website or anything? Or no, uh, for now, that's the that's the focus. Is is really uh, um, my digital life lives on LinkedIn. So uh, I, I definitely welcome people, whether they want to send a connection request, whether they want to follow. All good. I, um, you know, don't pitch slap me, bro. Though you know, like I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not inviting a pitch slap, but I'm inviting a, I'm inviting new connections, new followers, and and conversations. You know, especially if if anyone uh, listening to this is sharing good content, I'd love to start seeing it in my feed. That's great. Well, thanks so much, Steve. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you, Linda. Such a pleasure. That wraps up today's episode. I hope you found it as fun to listen to as it was for me to record. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review and be sure to subscribe. And for additional info, visit my website at thecopyworks.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.